There's an uneasiness growing within today's parents. Questions arise around what our kids are being taught, exposed to, and influenced by. Thankfully, a fully engaged, well-informed parent is a powerful thing. And that's why I support Answers in Genesis, and I would recommend you do as well, because it's important to remember that the battle for our kids' minds isn't one in the courts or the classrooms. It's one from the safety and comfort of our own home. So be the difference our kids need and visit www.answers.gift today. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Today I, I launch a brand new series that I'm excited about launching because it kind of uh, goes along with kind of this time of year. Um, every February... Uh, you start to think about something that, that the government requires you to do, and that is get your taxes done, right? Uh, Uncle Sam wants his part. He wants his part. He wants his share. And so I, I thought this is a great time to kind of talk to us about chasing carrots. Chasing carrots. What in the world are you talking about, chasing carrots? Well, the government's always chasing carrots, They're always chasing after something. They're always chasing after the dollar, chasing after the next big thing. And so I want to talk to you today about chasing carrots. And this is all about the fact that there are things in this world that we want to chase after. Uh, Money, fame. Uh, We want to chase after a new car. We want to chase after a bigger house. We want to chase after better clothes and nicer shoes. And so we oftentimes, like they do whenever they're trying to get animals to go certain places, they do this kind of thing. They put this in front of them, and that animal starts chasing after that thing, thinking he's going to get it. But he never does because the object is to make them want something, but they never really get it. And that's what this series is all about. It's about chasing carrots in life. And all of us have something we're chasing after. A future. Some of us are chasing after love. Chasing after a spouse. Chasing after a boy or a girl. Some of us are chasing after uh, trying to figure out how we don't kill our spouse. Uh, Maybe. Uh, chasing after uh, different dreams and different plans. And so we're all chasing after something. The question is, is what you are chasing after, is it what God wants for your life? Is what you're chasing after truly what God wants for your life? So I want you just to keep this picture in your head, chasing carrots, as we talk through the next several weeks about what it means and how it looks in our own life. So today, I'm going to kind of set a foundation. I don't know if this will stay here. Probably not. Let's see. Hey, perfect. Hope this stays. Here's, everybody's going to be watching that, aren't you? Anytime, it's going down. It's going down anytime now. Uh, So today, I want to just start by just asking a question by a show of hands. Participate with me. How many of you out there would say you're rich? You're rich? Any rich people in the house? Raise your hands if you're rich. Raise them up high. Don't be embarrassed. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. All right. Put your hands down. It's interesting that um, when I was growing up, how many of you ever dreamed when you were growing up that you wanted to be rich? Anybody wanted to be rich growing up, wanted to be rich? Yeah, when I was a, when I was a young person and, and I was going through uh, t- the young years of my life, they had all these shows that glamorized richness, and they still do today. 
I mean, they have different shows today. But in my day, it was shows, and you all remember when I'm when I tell you this, just 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 let me know. You know what I'm talking about. How many guys remember Silver Spoons? Yeah, good-looking boy on there. He's in a house. He rides his train around the house. He had some money, that kid did, right? You're thinking, wow, that guy's really got it going on. He's so rich. And then you had, of course, Different Strokes. You guys remember Different Strokes? What you talking about, Willis? You know, that whole thing. Uh, takes a Harlem to Harlem. Uh, African-American kids, brings them in his house and treats them lavish. And they're always fighting and doing rebellious things because they don't think they deserve it. And so it's an interesting playoff. And then you had the cartoon, Richie Rich. Y'all remember Richie Rich with the robot maid? I mean, that was amazing. Richie Rich was like, you just wanted to be just like Richie Rich. Today, they glamorize riches in so many different ways. Um, when I was growing up, you had the Dallas TV show, right? Dallas, all the money that was going around, all the drama that went with it. Today, Dallas would be known as the Kardashians. Um, anyway, it'd be sort of like that. Um, today, we have all these shows about richness and wealth and everything like that. But uh, when I ask who in here were rich, not too many people raise your hands. Not too many people think you're rich. You don't really think you bring a lot to the table. You don't have a whole lot of wealth. And, and the reason is, is this, because there's levels of richness. There's mega rich. There is almost rich. And most of us probably think we're at the almost rich bubble. And then there's rich. But we really don't know kind of where we're at on the levels of richness. We know people who are mega rich. And if you know somebody who's mega rich, um, and you don't point at them, but how many would say you know somebody who you think is rich? You think they're rich. Raise your hand. You think they're rich. You know somebody who's rich. Come on, everybody, raise your hands. Let's participate. We all know somebody who's rich, right? Right. We all know somebody who's rich. And how many of you by the show of hands would say they do stupid things with their richness? They, they do stupid things. Uh, yeah, they buy things they shouldn't buy, and they make bad investments. Uh, but, you know, they're rich, and we're not, and so we can criticize and we can critique them. Um, the fact is, when I asked who thought they were rich, not many hands went up. But through this series, my goal is to help us kind of understand what that means when we talk about richness. For example, in my eyes, I have friends that are rich. I have friends that are almost rich. If I looked at myself, I would say, if people said, Kevin, are you rich? I would say, well, I'm not poor. I have a house over my head. I have, I have a car. I have, I have things. I've been, I've been greatly blessed. But I even myself would struggle to say I'm rich. Why? Because I see other rich people, and they have more riches than I have. So in my, in my scale, in my eyes, I'm not rich compared to them. But if you ask somebody else, do you think Pastor Kevin's rich? They would say, yeah, he's rich. And he's tight and he's stingy with it. You know, so there's this, there's this constant evolution of what richness really is. It's not like one day you're going to wake up and think, today, I'm rich. It's not like if you get paid on the 15th of every single month, on the 14th you're poor, and on the 15th, by golly, you have now become rich. It doesn't, how many wish it worked that way? It doesn't work that way because the fact is, richness is a relative term. It's an evolution of what we think of 
as what rich really is. It moves. The target is always changing. It's always moving to what we think is rich. And in this series, I'm not going to teach you how to get rich. What my goal in this series and through Chasing Cares is to help you understand that by the grace of God, all of us in this place are rich to some extent. We've been given some great things, and, and the goal is for us to be able to see that richness and see how it fills our life. Because if you ever wake up one morning and you go, I've, I've arrived. I am officially rich. You need to know what God is going to say to those of us who are rich, okay? Stand to your feet with, this mor- with me this morning as we read Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm going to give you kind of a background real quick. Uh, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, listen, there's going to be people who come into your church, and they're going to have wealth, and they're going to have riches. This is what you need to encourage them in. So read along with me as we uh, learn a little bit about what Paul says to tell the rich people in, in our uh, in our place. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in their wealth. So Paul's saying basically incur- command those who are rich. Don't be arrogant. Don't be prideful. Don't be, don't be so uh, built up and put your hope in the richness of this world. He says, which is so what? Say it with me. Say it with me. Uncertain. Wealth will fail you. Watch the stock market. It'll get your hopes up one day and just get you depressed the next because it is uncertain. He says, but to put their hope in who? Put their hope in? Don't put your hope in wealth. Put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Goes on to say this. Command them to do good, to be rich in what? Good deeds, to be generous and willing to no matter what, willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves and a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is what? Truly life. Father, help us today to hear from your word, to be challenged by it and changed as well, God. Speak to our hearts about the richness that you have given us and how to be generous with it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Understand this. The first verse says, command those who are rich. Now, some of you right now say, oh, I get off the hook. Not talking to me. Talking to somebody else because I'm not rich. No, we must understand that there is good news and bad news. The first is the good news. Here's the good news. The good news is you're rich. Four of you believe it. Good. That's good. The good news is you're rich and the crowd goes wild with very fake-like responses (laughs) just because he told us to. No, the good news is that you are rich. You say, well, I don't feel rich. How can I be rich? Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you. Rich people, if you're rich, rich people get to do rich things that other not rich people don't get to do. For example, if you have kids, 
you get the chance of putting them in extracurricular activities. You get a chance to put them into sporting events. You get a chance to put them into music programs. If you're rich, maybe you get to put them in private school. Maybe you get to help them go to college or attend a university. Uh, Rich people, uh, as rich people, we get to travel. We get to go on vacations. We are truly rich. We get to visit different places. But the the good news is that you're rich. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes the good news we don't feel. We don't feel rich. And the reason is, is because so many times we consume all the riches for ourselves. And since we consume the riches for ourselves, we don't really learn how to be rich. Instead, we act selfish. Because we believe it's more for me, the more I make, the more I earn, the more I put in the bank, the more, the more, the more is mine. And this is the challenge with being rich. Some of you get to go to a job that you absolutely love. You enjoy your job every single day. Sounds crazy to some other people because you hate your job. You're like, I can't stand my job. But there are people here today in this room, I won't show hands so you don't get mad at them or be envious towards them, but there are people here today that absolutely love what they get to do every single day. That's a rich thing. That's a rare thing. But there are people that have that blessing that comes in to their life. Now, let me say this on the other side. There are those that are here today that I, I just want to be very clear. I understand hurting financially. You've been hit with something, medi- something medical. It's taken a huge financial hit to your family. Maybe you have a job loss. Uh, maybe you've had some financial struggles. Maybe you got in debt years ago and you're trying to work your way out. And so there's a huge burden coming up against you. Maybe you're a single parent trying to raise uh, many kids in your home and you have very limited resources in which you can do that with. Whatever it is, I want you to understand I'm not, being, I'm not being not compassionate about those who are in financially hurting places. With that being said, as we move forward, though, understand that even in our worst circumstance, in this country, we are rich. We are rich by the world's standards. Some people whine and complain about not having this or not having that. Well, I just, I don't have this and I don't have that. All the while watching their cable or satellite TV. People whine and complain about uh, comparing their lives to other people and what they have and what they don't have. And all the while, the information they're finding is found on their phones that are internet connected with unlimited call and unlimited data and unlimited text messages to just go and look at the world, however you want to look, and you're paying 50 bucks a month. Let me tell you something, that's rich compared to the rest of the world. I hate this phone. This phone is so outdated. It sold last six months ago. We're rich. In fact, if I were to go to other parts of the world, if I were to go to Karundu, Panama, and I was to go to these people, and I would say, what do you say is rich? What does rich look like to you? They would say in Karundu, Panama, and in many parts of the world, they would say, rich is someone who owns a car. Do you realize only 3% of the population even own a vehicle? 3%. That's rich. And some of you, you have two cars. You're extremely rich. 
compared to other parts of the world. Some of these people would say, yeah, these people are so rich. They not only have one car, they have two cars. And not only that, but they build houses for their cars. Little houses that can, can get out of the inclement weather and when it's snowing, they, they have it protected. They protect their cars. They're really rich. In fact, some of these people are so rich, they have not one house for their car, not two houses for their car, but three houses for their cars. One for one car, one for their second car, and one for all the junk they can't put anywhere else. Right? And then these people, they're so rich. They're so rich. They, they, they're, they're, they're houses for their cars. Then they walk through this door and they go into the house where they live. And they, they have carpet and they have air conditioning and they have heat and they have this furniture they sell. And then they watch this idol on the, on the wall known as the TV. That's rich. These people are so wealthy. They have they have smaller houses inside their larger houses where they hide their clothes. They have a special place for their shoes that they wear walking because they have so many shoes. I have barely one pair, but these guys have a pair for every day and maybe once a month, every day of the month. And they go to these closets and they go to these, these houses and they, they open the doors and they look at them and they go for one hour. They stare at it and they say, I have nothing to wear. You're rich. To their eyes, extremely rich. These people, they, they leave their houses and they get in their cars and they, they drive. They drive around for, for hours arguing about where they're going to go to these places called restaurants. And they're going to go in there and they're going to pay money, hard money, for people to give them food and provide food for them. And then they're going to gripe about it being too cold or too hot or it's not enough. And then these people are so rich, they have more food than they can ever eat. They're the fat rich. They're the big rich. It's amazing, these rich people. See, in other parts of the world, they look at us as Americans... As, as people that are American, and they go, they are rich. But you say, I'm not rich. I have a few things. I can eat, and I can provide, and I have a house, and I have a roof over my head, and I have a car, but I'm not rich. And the reason why we're, we don't feel rich is because we don't act rich, and we don't act rich because we look at everybody else, and we complain about what we don't have, and we try to get more. Are you all with me on this journey? Is anybody out there today? This is good preaching. This is like some good stuff I'm giving you today because this will save your life. If you can flip the switch in your mind about what it means to be rich and instead enjoy the riches, the riches that God has given you and stop consuming everything that there is for you, when you stop thinking, I want more, I want more, I want more, you'll start to shift and you will start to feel rich. And when you feel rich, you'll say no to things that you absolutely don't have to have. You don't have to have the biggest screen TV out there, even though you may be able to afford to write it and pay for it in cash. You don't need it. Why? Because you've discovered the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, the secret of being content. See? Here's the hard part. We often don't think we're rich, and here's why. I'll give you an illustration. If I had $2 here, $2, $2, can't do much with $2, so, you know, it's, it's 
I can buy a Coke and maybe a fry at McDonald's if I use their coupon app. Got to use the coupon app. $1 fries, large fry, $1 coupon app. Here's a shameless plug. Use those coupon apps, people. They're amazing. Okay? Save you money. $2, no big deal. Most of you out there would say, you know, you're not even going to fight to come up here, except for our hungry ramen-eating noodle college students. Um, they would run up here to get that money, but a lot of you would not really care. It's $2. Who cares? Go up and get it. No big deal. But if I had $100, oh, now we got some people in the mood. If I, you know, when I drop this on the ground in a few minutes, the first one to get it takes it home. Yeah, everybody's looking. I ain't that stupid. It's going back in my pocket. That's my money. You get your own $100. That's my money. See y'all. You all were like, he's really going to do it? Heck no, I ain't doing that. My wife knows that. She'd be surprised. And if I did, I'd let it get right here and I'd grab it for myself and say, I got it. It's mine. Let me, let me just show you something. Guys, put that, uh, put that up on the screen. I want to show you something. This is, the, this is a website called Global Rich List. And I'm just going to give you some facts about how wealthy and rich we really are. Even if you work a part-time job in America, uh, making minimum wage, uh, working part-time a year, you'll make you know, roughly seven dollars to $10,000. Uh, put $10,000 a year in there. I want to show you on a global scale, if you make $10,000 a year, this is where you wind up in the percentage of the world. You're in the top 16% of world income. $10,000 a year. And some of you sit here and say, well, that's nothing. That ain't rich. You're poor if you're making 10. Now, granted, if you're making $10,000 a year, you're probably living in mom and dad's basement. You're trying to make everything you can. But let's go a little bit further. Some of you here today, you make $30,000 a year. Let's just put in $30,000 a year. If you make $30,000 a year, here is the percentage of you in the world. You are the top 1.23% of wage earners in the world. $30,000. That's, some of you are like, that's no money. You can't raise a family on that. No, no, no. That's not what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is you have to shift your thinking. You are rich. But let's go a little further. Let's just take it one more step. Many of you sitting here today have a combined household income of $50,000. So we're going to put $50,000. If you make 50 combined, husband and wife, combined $50,000, you're in the top 0.31% in the world. Not even 1%, not even top 1%. One third of a 1%. Can I just say it once again? The good news is you're rich. But you don't feel rich. And when you don't feel rich, you don't act rich. And when you don't act rich, you consume everything thinking it's for yourself. We are great rich. I could go on. I could give you that one. I'll stop right there. I didn't even go into 70000 I didn't go into some of you have make $100,000 a year. And it's, it's off the charts to what, how blessed we are as Americans. And so I want you to write this down. Write this down. This is one of your notes I want you to think about over the next several weeks. If you're going to be good at being rich, you have to first admit that you are rich. You have to first admit that you're rich. See, we don't like to admit we're rich for two reasons. The first one is this. The first one is, if we admit we're rich, that means we have a responsibility to do something about it. 
but we don't want to admit it, so I'll just keep saying I'm not rich. The second thing is we don't admit we're rich because it makes us feel guilty because we're truly not probably doing everything that we possibly can in order to do what God wants us to do with our wealth. For example, my life. You come to me and you say to me, hey, Pastor Kevin, you know, your wife is so funny. She's, she's so outgoing. She's funny and she's, she's personable and she's beautiful and you're just really, really lucky. And I say, I'm blessed to have my wife. And you come to me and you say, man, you, you've done a you know, great job with your kids. Your kids seem like they're making good decisions. Seems like they're on the right path. Seems like they're, they're, they're thinking ahead and they're walking with God. And, and I would say to you, I'm blessed. But if you came to me and you said, you said, hey, you got to go to Disney and you got to go on a cruise. Wow, that's amazing. I can't, that is so cool. You got to go on, on a Disney cruise. And here's what I would say. I got a great deal. Practically, they paid me to go on that trip. I mean, I stole it from them. Why? Because I don't want to feel guilty. Instead of just saying, yeah, I'm blessed. I've been greatly blessed. Because I've been blessed, I'm able to do great things with my family. See, until I admit I'm rich, I'll never truly handle the riches God has given me unto God. I'll handle them like I want. I'll be selfish with them instead of rich with them. The good news is this. Write this down. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Say that with me. Will you say that with me out loud? God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Now, I'm not talking about our teenagers. I'm not talking about some of our college students. I realize they're just in the box, getting off and getting running. But parents, uh, older adults, single or married or have kids or don't have kids, the fact is we all have been given something. We've been blessed with more than what we need. We are rich. The good news is that what? I'm rich. What's the good news? What is the great news? Bad news. You're rich. (laughs) Good news is you're rich. The bad news is you're rich just as well because they fight each other. Jesus was talking to a man. He encountered a man who had lots of stuff, a very rich man. And Jesus said this to the rich man. He said this. He says, he says, how hard it, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Of God. Now, some of you right there are taking that very literal, uh, an eye of a needle versus a camel going through. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was not talking metaphorically in those days. He was speaking of in Jerusalem, they had many gates. One of the gates, one of the entry points into Jerusalem was known as the eye of a needle because it was very small to go through. And if you had a camel, you would have to literally strip that camel down of all the, the, the luggage, all the stuff, and that camel would have to crouch down and crawl through the eye of the needle to come into Jerusalem. And this is what Jesus was saying. That is easier than for a rich man to get in the kingdom of God. And so the good news is you're rich. The bad news is we're rich. And because we're rich, God calls us to do something with our riches. But see, there's a problem with being rich. Three of them. Here they are. Uh, Three just to speak of. There's many more. But here's problem number one. It's harder to depend on God when we're rich. It's hard to depend on God when we're rich. 
It's hard for us to say the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Whenever we had bread, stacks and stacks of bread on a shelf, and we put a few dollars together, we can go buy a loaf. It gets harder for us to depend on God because we're rich. The people in Karundu, those kids that come to that school every day, they don't get fed in their homes. They feed them breakfast. They feed them lunch. And many of them come back for dinner. Because why? That's all they have. It's harder for us to depend on God. That's one of the problems of being rich. The second problem of being rich is number two, it distracts us from true priorities. It distracts us from the priorities that God has for us. How many people drop out of church during football season because they have DirecTV, NFL, season pass? They don't want to miss a game. The priorities have shifted. They're so rich, they can afford to pay for DirecTV and have NFL season package. Some of you are so rich today, and the distraction of the priorities is this. You get your kids involved in every sport that's out there, every activity that's out there. It takes them out of church on Sundays. It takes them out of being involved with God because why? Well, it's just for a season. No, no, no. You're teaching your kids the priority is the sport rather than God. Now, I know what the immediate argument is. Well, now, wait, Pastor Kevin. You know, they don't have to go to church to visit God. No, no, no. But let me tell you what. The church is the strength that builds inside them to help them continue on. But see, we get so rich that we just shove them on out there. We get involved in all kinds of activities and sports. We get them involved with wrestling. We get them involved. Now, if you do this, I'm not preaching at you. I'm telling you, this is what we do because we're rich. Some of you, 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 you have to... Keep the machine going so you work all the overtime over that you can, and it takes you away on Sundays, takes you away from your family, because you got to keep it going. Sunday, fun day. It is a fun day. Prioritize and putting God first for one hour, and then see how God will bless your life. See, the problem being rich is it... It makes us harder to depend on God. It distracts us from true priorities. And number three, uh, it makes us have a greater responsibility. The problem is we have a greater responsibility to do things with God. Jesus said this. He said, to whom much is given, much is required. And if we are given much, we are required much. If you are given $100, according to Scripture, you are required to tithe 10% back to God. To whom much is given, much is required. You say, well, you know, what's the big deal? It's 10 bucks. What is God missing? It isn't about God missing 10 bucks. God doesn't need your 10 bucks. God could really go without your 10 bucks. Your 10 bucks is not going to save the kingdom nor anybody else, okay? It's not about that. It's about prioritizing. God, you are over my finances, and because you're over my finances, I honor you because you gave me the ability to earn $100. Now here's 10. Thank you for your gift of what you gave in my life. People ask me all the time, do I believe in prosperity preaching, this prosperity gospel that's out there? And I say, no, it's dumb. It's stupid because it doesn't preach global. I can't go to Corundu, Panama and say, you need to prosper and you're going to get $1,000 in checks in the mail. I can't preach that there. It doesn't make sense to those people that are live in those conditions. But what I can do in those places is I can go there and I can say, hey, how can I share the love of God with you? And what can I do for you to make your life better? We give... We give Stuff that our kids would be like, I mean, if we wrapped up for Christmas 
a box of pencils for your kids, how do you think they'd respond to that? They're like, what is this? But, but what I'm saying is, you know, some of the things that, that we give to these very impoverished people, they love it. They, they go excited over paper, over pens, over crayons that, that you and I would look at and go, what's the big deal? You know why? We're rich. They mean nothing to us. We go to Dollar Tree and buy them. No big deal. Two, three dollars, we got it. They don't have that down there. I talk to these people in Karundu. I, this is just, uh, this is like bonus stuff. I talk to these people in Karundu. And I was talking to them when I was down there. I said, so tell me how, and I would ask them questions. Like, how does this work here? First off, they don't trust anybody in that country. Nobody. I mean, they have security everywhere. And you, you go to a store, they're watching you like hawks. They don't trust anybody. The honor system doesn't work in that part of the world. The reason why the honor system doesn't work is because everybody's in poverty. You think about here in our community. You go to stores, you, you, you can shop around, you can walk around, and they're not watching you like hawks. They, you, they trust you to honor the system. You know why they trust you? Because you're rich. You don't have to steal it. You can pay for it. See, when the good news is we're rich, the bad news is we're rich, and the bad news is because it's harder for us to trust God and depend on God. It's harder for us to prioritize where God falls in our life. And the last thing is, it's harder because our rich attitudes doesn't meet our, meet our, de our deeds. We don't, we don't line up with what we do with our riches. Because here's the thing, when you live in a world that everything is about you, you consume everything. Consume everything. You could, even be, you could even be a faithful tither. You could even be someone who takes 10% off your top and you give it right back to God. But what you do is then you take the other 90 and you use it all on yourself without thinking about someone else who maybe, maybe might be at a worse place than you are. It's why, it's why we're doing this series tonight. This, uh, tonight at five o'clock, I invite you guys to join us. Life, Money, Legacy with Dave Ramsey. We're gonna do great discussions, small groups. We're gonna help encourage each other. It's not gonna be about like you're doing horrible with your money. It's about how can we do better with our money? How can we work towards our future? And how we, can we truly have a rich attitude in this world? So five o'clock tonight, bring your snacks, bring your own drinks. Join us at five o'clock tonight as we go deeper to learn how to be rich. But I wanna leave this with your thought. This is the thought I want you to leave with. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Think about what you get to do today. All of us get to go, leave this place, get into a car that we own or that we're paying on, drive either home to food that we're going to have or to restaurants to food, and then we get to sit and enjoy the richness that God has blessed us with. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. Father God, help us to handle your riches well. Survey our lives, God. Many of us would try to pass the buck and say, well, I'm not rich, but God, ultimately, all of us living here in this great country, we are greatly greatly rich. We've been given so much. So much opportunity lies in front of us, God. So many different jobs that we could go and do to earn money, and yet, God, so many times we think we're too good for those jobs. 
God, that's not how to be rich. That's how to be prideful. Command those. Scripture says, command those who are rich among you in this present world to not put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Not to be arrogant with their riches, but to walk humbly. Command those to do good with the riches, God, that's us, to do good with the riches you've given us so that we may see other lives benefit and grow and be changed by you. So right now, with your eyes closed, say just this. Say, God, teach me that I'm rich. Help me to feel rich because then I will act rich and then I will treat your riches well. A new car will be as appealing because God, I don't want to take on another debt. I want to get out of the debt and I want to move on to the richness that you give me. Teach us how to be rich, God. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today. I thank you for this word. Let it speak deep into our lives. Teach us how to be rich. Jesus, teach us to not chase after carrots that deceive us and destroy us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.